just in time for this season, Sluggy Records is proud to bring you a very 80s Christmas. For the first time in this TV offer, you'll get holiday classics performed by all your favorite stars of the 80s. You'll get your titles from Thomas Dolby, Aha, Wham, Mr. Mr., U2, and this ode to Santa by Gary Newman. His name is Claus, and he makes all the toys, then he brings them to all the good girls and boys. He's Claus. We can dance if we want to with a man made out of snow. With a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of gold So we can dance, we can dance, everybody take a chance We can dance, we can dance with a snowman with no pants It's a frosty dance, it's a frosty dance He ain't got no pants Well it's Christmas Eve alright, Santa will be gone On two CDs for $19.99 or 33 8-track cassettes for only $63.50. Call 1-800-867-5309. Ask for Jenny. Call right now. Call today. That's 1-800-867-5309. A very 80s Christmas. Order now. Podcast with your friend Mike. 
It's the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast that you like, cause it's free. Here he comes now, he's gonna sit down, it's gonna start. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast? You know, it's cool when you got a friend who hangs around, a friend who goes ahead and listens to you, a friend who tells you you're not a banana head, uh, and a friend, you know what? You know what's even better than a friend who tells you you're not a banana head? A friend who steps up and tells you you're being a fucking banana head. That's pretty cool when he goes ahead and says, hey, man, the fuck is your problem? Why are you doing that sort of thing? Uh, because our great friend Ahmad is still here. And let me say this before we get into anything else, folks. Ho, 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 ho. That seems like one ho too many. Uh, can you, but wait, can you ever have too many hoes? Certainly not at this time of year for fuck God's sakes. I was gonna say for fuck's sakes, but I cleaned it up. How weird is that? I cleaned up for fuck's sakes to for God's sakes at the last second as if I was somehow, because I was invoking Santa in that sentence, there would be a child listening. That's the way it works in Christmas time. If you just bust out three hoes, it's like Candyman. bust out three hoes and a kid shows up. <laughs> um, ho, ho. Ho, children, they rush you. They look for candy canes in your pockets. Don't have holes in those pockets. You'll go to jail. Uh, That's a weird kids grabbing your cock joke. That's really bad for Christmas time. I got to throttle this down. I got to go ahead and suspend this whole thing. This is, we've been doing this a minute. I've been doing this a minute long and I've already offended everybody within earshot. Uh, And not many people are within earshot. That seems a little strange. Nobody's really within earshot. Uh, Ahmad is within earshot. I don't, I don't know if he's offended. I don't want to ask him. I'm scared to ask him. Uh, but my neighbors also are within earshot. I think they can hear me through the wall. See, this is the thing. I, you know, I do this podcast sometimes late, sometimes early. Uh, I should have a set time for it, and I usually do not because I'm that guy. I kick the can down the road, folks. You know me. I kick the show can down the old road, uh, the old dirt road. <laughs> That's an anal sex term, right? The old dirt road. Uh, so I kick, I'll kick my can down your old dirt road, I guess is my point. And that means this show, I'll kick it into your ass. Really? Is That, that seems odd and strange. Uh, but Ahmad has been here, and he can testify uh, but he'll have to swear on the Quran. He can testify to you that uh, I do not lie when I describe my neighbors and their loud loudness. He will he will tell you that he has listened to uh, Lou, the racist bartender, who I just I lowered my voice in case he can hear me through the wall like we can hear him. Uh, you know, Ahmad will be here until like one, sometimes one slash two o'clock in the morning. And you'll just hear Fox News blaring out of the bathroom walls. You'll hear uh, Lou yelling on the phone. I think I talked about this last week, as a matter of fact, but it's just gotten worse over the course of the week. Uh, you can, you can, and I, I'll tell you this, when he's playing f- nice music, you're like, ah, okay, I don't mind hearing that. But when he's chastising his business partner and dressing her down and calling her a cunt, that's probably something that's a little above board or not even above board. It's actually below board. Um, but so I wonder then if they can hear me because I mean, I, you know, because now he's hearing this whole story and who the fuck knows. And he's going to come through the wall like Kool-Aid and bash me in the fucking head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Races lose here. Bringing big fun. Uh, and now he probably heard that. See, he just, I can't, I keep doubling and tripling down on the things that he's going to hear. And he's presently just going to, he's just, you know what? I don't, let me ask you this. All right. I, and on all seriousness, I wanted, I wanted an answer on this email or you can text me if you got my number or you can send me a, no, a note on Twitter. If Lou, the racist bartender ran through the wall to hurt me, would it be bursting through the wall? Like a, like a big, huge mess in a shower, of fucking drywall or would he blaze through it so quickly he would leave a loo-shaped outline clean, crisp, and then he would beat me up? What, what, what do you think would happen? Would the whole wall collapse under the force of a loo coming to attack me? Or would it just leave like a loo cutout, like a wily coyote running through a, a, a tunnel or, a, or a, like a Bugs Bunny running through a wall? 
or uh, somebody else from Looney Tunes doing something else with another piece of furniture or a building. <laughs> I don't know. I, I put it to you folks. That's a poll. That's how I'm doing it now. That's how bad this show's gotten in 11 years. I reach out to you with a viewer poll about what would happen to my wall. Let's do that. Let's talk about drywall. You know what? Lines are open. Call in. Let's talk about drywall. This is click, clack, and paintbrush. Let's talk about my fucking house. Uh, what that, that was the guys, right? Click and clack. One of them died. Oh, and, and I, again, one of my favorite Twitter jokes of all time, click died or clack died, whoever the fuck died. They had a fucking radio show where they were like, hey, we'll fix your car over the radio. That seems like a terrible idea for everybody, but what the fuck? Because people would write in and they'd be like, dude, my radio doesn't work or whatever the fuck or dude, which seems weird because then they wouldn't hear click and clack. Or they would write in and they'd be like, hey, man, how do I put in a spark plug? And they'd be like, I'm glad you asked on AM radio. Awful. So then click and clack are doing this and making a ton of fucking money off of people who don't want to go in because they're like, they're like, we can't get ripped off by a mechanic. Let's write a letter and hope click and clack answer it on the air in six months. Your car is just rotting in the driveway underneath the hood is a home for possums. But yet click and clack have not gotten to your letter. So you can't fix the goddamn thing. You're taking a bus all over the the fucking town. So click and clack. One of them dies. I forget which click or clack. And on Twitter, of course, I wrote, are we sure the clack is dead? Has anybody tried push starting him? And, uh, you know, because they're car people. I loved myself for that joke. I said, ha ha, I'm the best ever. And then I think I received two likes and then I crawled into a corner and cried because, I, you know, that's a lot of C's. I crawled into a corner and cried. Um, you know what? That's a lot of C's with click and clack. Click and clack, crawled into a corner and cried. That's a five C sentence. Uh, all right. So I'm fucking babbling like an idiot. Uh, look at that. We've killed five minutes of the Christmas show. Christmas show, you say? Well, yes, of course. I said hoes and hoes earlier. Ho, ho, ho to all of you. Well, you know it was a Christmas show when you heard the theme music. And now you're thinking to yourself, well, it's after Christmas, Mike. Christmas was Monday of this week or Tuesday. It was Tuesday of this week. And now you're listening to this on Thursday of this week. Uh, but I'm recording this on Wednesday. So it's sort of still, I'm still, I'm Christmas adjacent as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I'm the bridge between you and Christmas. If I'm recording, if a Christmas was yesterday, Tuesday, I'm recording this Wednesday. You're listening Thursday. I am the human bridge between you and Christmas. You are still connected because I still got a hand in Christmas and now a hand in your ear and I'm bringing all the Christmas vibes into your brain right now. Right now, your brain pan is a wash in fucking holiday greetings courtesy of me. Uh, can you just hear those ding, 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 ding. There you go. I just brought that to you. So I can say Merry Christmas and I, I played the Christmas music in the beginning because you know what? Fuck man, Christmas, it doesn't really go away. It survives in your heart, doesn't it? Didn't I just call somebody a cunt fit 30 seconds ago? I probably did, but that's okay. So uh, you know what? Click, clack, cunt, cowering in a quarter and crying. There you go. It's a six C sentence. Now I'm just going to pile C's into that sentence until we get a fucking C brigade. Uh, So Christmas is upon us. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, folks. Let me reach out to you and tell you that I hope whatever you did. uh, Here's the thing I tell everybody. I hope you and everyone you love are happy and healthy and warm and had a fantastic Christmas holiday. Uh, I hope you're still celebrating because New Year's is upon us soon. You might be listening to this on the weekend and counting down because that happens a lot. A lot of times people, will, you know, the tradition, a lot of times I'll just at the end of this, I'll record a countdown and you'll put it in your ears. That's a lie. That's a different show that I might have been a part of a week ago. <laughs> you might hear coming out soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm uh, I'm excited to bring Christmas still to you. Christmas is alive. We had a Christmas feast here, which was amazing. Oh, ah, fuck. No, I, let's talk about this before we even talk about the Christmas feast. Uh, before we even talk about Christmas staying alive with the BGs. Before we even do any of that stuff, folks, let me ask you this. Another poll. Forget that poll I had earlier about uh, what Lou, what shape would Lou leave if he ran through my wall? Seems like an odd poll. But now this poll is a real poll. This poll is one that you can totally chime in on. Please do via Instagram or Snapchat or, or email or call me or send me a text or Twitter uh, or Twitch. If you see me on there lurking, go ahead and chime in with this. If you're in a restaurant, let me repeat the beginning of this Query. If you're in a restaurant 
and uh, you've eaten your dinner and you have leftovers, though. You want to take things home and they're in a bowl in front of you or on a plate in front of you. You have a, uh, a pile of food. Say you got half a burger, pile of French fries, maybe some Caesar salad, uh, maybe a bowl of soup. Maybe you ordered too much food. <laughs> that's, that's a big fucking meal, man. What the fuck's wrong with you? If you didn't finish the soup, why are you ordering a salad? And if you couldn't choke down the salad, why is the burger fucking following hot behind? Fucking slow down and eat one thing at a time, you monster. Um, and totally, I'd holster the pie. Please do that. Holster the pie at that point. If you can't even knock back the salad and the soup, you're staring at the burger thinking about pie. What the fuck? What do you got? Whose head do you have? Mine? Uh, if you have leftovers in front of you, folks, just a pile of them sitting in a plate, they're askew. They're, they're willy nilly. They're all over the place. Um, and a waiter comes over to you and you, all you need is the check and you need to go and you need to take your leftovers to your house. And the waiter comes over and he goes, Hey, how are we doing over here? And you say, all finished. Uh, what's the waiter supposed to do? What's his next line in, in the, in the scene, in the restaurant, in the scenes from an Italian restaurant, you and Billy Joel are there. You have a bottle of red and a bottle of white. And then the waiter comes over and he's like, Hey, how you doing with that spaghetti? And you're like, all finished. What's the waiter supposed to do? His next line in that scene from an Italian restaurant is supposed to be now. Look, I don't want to influence the poll. All right. I should, I should say that. I don't want to influence the poll at all. Um, does the, does the waiter say to you, would you like a bag or would you like me to box that up for you? Is that his line? Or does the waiter go, okay, great, and immediately put a cigarette out on your leftovers and then throw it in the trash? Like, what do, what do you think he does? What does he, does he then, does he say to you, oh, you'd like to take this home in a doggy bag? Is there a way I could make that facilitate that for you? Or does he immediately throw it on the floor and do a Mexican hat dance around your leftovers, clapping at the fact that your food has been wasted? What do you think he does? What should he do? What will he do? <laughs> um... Well, I can tell you this, folks, uh, there's consternation in the Mike Schmidt apartment. There's there's all sorts of coin flippy problems in the fucking Mikado Hotel a mile from here. As Ahmad is over there concentrating half the time, I'm over here concentrating half the time. And when our twain shall meet, apparently I didn't realize this. I thought we were in agreement on a lot of things. And maybe we are in agreement on a lot of things, but I thought we were maybe in agreement on all the things. But it turns out we're not, folks, because tonight we went for uh, we went for food. We went for ramen which you may be familiar with is a soup with noodles in it from Japan. And look, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to do anything Japan wise, you got to get a mod and I are involved steam bath with men. We're in done Uh hand job from ladies done. Perfect. No gaijin for mouth ladies. Uh, we're on board. It's all about me and a mod in Japan. That's how we like to do things. Uh, you, you, you want to show me clips of a Japanese comedian that you said was hilarious. And I watched them for 18 minutes and tolerated it. That's fantastic. That'd be fine. Uh, I didn't mind the guy. It was a guy named Toshi, uh, Toshiyumi Kamiyoto. I don't know what the fuck his name was. I may have made something up there. I'm sorry. It was close, right? I, I'm in the neighborhood. I, I'm right there. You know what? I, I would, I'm, I'm going to say this. I was right there. I'm in the prefecture. Maybe not the neighborhood, but I'm right in the prefecture on that pronunciation. Tamiyoshi Hamamoto. Uh, so he's there. He's a comedian. He's a small guy and he's doing all sorts of Japanese comedy, which is great. And I will say this, they tricked him into a bunch of shit where they kept dumping him in a fucking hot water, like a tea bag, which was ridiculous. Every time he walked into a fake floor and he'd fall in, it was funny. Uh, but then I had to watch him do like a weird J-pop dance across a balance beam while guys threw dodgeballs at him over a fucking kid's wading pool full of baby powder. And, and that was fine, I suppose. But the thing is, it was all in Japanese, so I couldn't pick up on the nuance. Uh, the, you know, I couldn't pick up on the nuance of a Japanese guy in a bald cap doing a sachet across a balance beam as guys threw a dodgeball at him. Because, you know, you got to really get into the nooks and crannies of what that sort of thing is and find out what it could be. Um, but without the translation, I was lost. But still, 
Ahmad and I do not agree on this. And I found this out now at the ramen house. We went to the ramen restaurant. We went to, uh, I'll tell you exactly where we were. We went to Iki Ramen in Koreatown, I-K-I. Uh, stark decor, I will tell you this. They went for a wood decor. And like, it almost like they went, hey, what if people were eating inside of a chopstick? Like that, that was kind of like the decor because the fucking tabletops were wood. The, the, the walls were kind of beige-ish wood grain. Uh, even the floor had like wood paneling. And then, uh, and then of course they bring in chopsticks and with a holder of, of burnt wood slash cork that you would put your chopsticks on. It was a very interesting decor. One I've not seen before. It was, it made the room very light. And normally, uh, you would want there to be less harsh of lighting in your restaurant. But these people look, they're Japanese, man. They do things their own way. So we, uh, we went in there for the Iki ramen. We sat down. And of course, uh, Ahmad got his without the pork belly and he got a side egg. And then I got mine with extra noodles because I'm the fattest man alive. And I can't figure out why I do that. Every time we go, every time we go for ramen, I go, Hey man, can I get a back of noodles? You know, like a side of noodles and uh, more noodles. And then they bring the bowl of ramen, which is just a fucking mop bucket filled with noodles and fucking broth. And then they bring me a side of noodles, which is, I, I swear to God, there's more noodles in the side of noodles than there are in the original bowl of ramen. I mean, and maybe that's just because the ramen is drowning. It's under cover of the broth. But then they bring this other thing of noodles and it's like, I, I don't even know why the fuck I ordered. I stare at it every time and I'm like, oh man, I'm never going to fucking eat. I'm never going to fit the original bowl of fucking ramen in my mouth. That's not going to happen. I want to choke down those noodles. I'd love to guzzle that broth. But unfortunately, now I've got this fucking extra bowl of noodles staring me right in the mush and I don't know what the fuck to do with it. So, uh. So we sit down and Ahmad gets his uh, his chicken based ramen, sans pork belly, add egg. I get my burnt garlic tonkatsu ramen with a thick pork, uh, like a ramen broth and some noodles. And look, I should tell you this. The noodles are fucking delicious. That's not the problem. It's not like I'm like, oh, man, I didn't want to get these extra noodles because I hate them. No, it's just I'm fat and I can't. But I got a I got a fat guy's head, but not as fat a guy's appetite and stomach. So I can't choke this shit down the way I used to do. I mean, fuck. If you said to me before, if I was, a, you know, before the surgery and all that shit, when it was just crazy fat me, when I looked like a fucking orbiting planet and you were like, hey, how many noodles do you want? I'd, I'd still be sitting there now. I'd, I'd, I'd be slurping noodles from here to fucking Tokyo I, 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 and underground too. You know, they do that thing where you dig your way to China. I would eat my way to China in noodles. I would fucking make it happen because I love fucking noodles. Uh, but today, of course, I ordered the noodle back. I threw some extra ones in the soup and I'm just like, I can't, I can't fucking finish this. It's just, it's just too much food. Meanwhile, fucking Ahmad went to work. Ahmad Pilatus, he pulled it. He has a straw that he carries around with him that he actually brought from Kuwait because he doesn't trust American straws. And he just put it in the broth and he fucking drained that immediately. He knocked back the noodles. He ate the fucking egg. It was perfect. He left the fucking, I mean, you could see himself in the bowl. Me though, you know, I struggle through and then I'm, and then he even says to me, he's like, you're going to finish this. I'm like, ah, you know, I'll take it home, whatever I go. I got to add it to the fridge. Cause here, this is the joke we've had folks. I mean, all we've done is eat all that's all we've done for a week. I mean, I, you know, when we went to Japan, we had a great time. We ate amazing food, but we also had adventures. You know, we went to sumo wrestling, went to Stardom to see ladies wrestling. We went to fucking electric city. We went all over the place. Well, when Ahmad was coming here, I wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And I'm not, I mean, I'm a good host in that I'm fun and I'm up for anything, but I'm as far as planning shit, I, I have to say to you, like, what do you want to do? Because, you know, we've got the Getty museum. We've got the beach. We got a, a bunch of cool stuff that we can go do while you're here, but I need to know a general idea of what you're looking at. So last time Ahmad was here, you know, we wound up going to, uh, we wound up going to a Dodger game. You know, we, we went to a, we went and saw a fucking book of Mormon, you know, he, he would identify things he wanted to do. And I'd say, I'm in. And I wrote him a month ago and I was like, look, man, when you're coming here, I don't know what you're, what you're planning on, what you want to do. You got to tell me so I can plan some shit. And he's like, uh, I want to hang out with your friends. I want to watch movies and I want to do nothing. And I, I, I dudes, tears came to my eyes because in my head, I'm like, that's, 
you've just described everything I want to do ever. I mean, if he if he had just said, I want to sleep half the time, like if, he, if he just somehow thrown that in there, I would have been like, you are, will you marry me? Like, I don't know how they work that over in Kuwait, but I would have absolutely married the guy. He could, I would have been his American husband. Like when he's over in Kuwait, do whatever he does. But over here, Jesus Christ, I, we crossed the finish line together. Let's jump on a glass and you can carry a broomstick, whatever the fuck. I don't know what your religion does, but we'll make it fucking work. I don't, I don't know what you do. So, uh, so I was like, so when he got here and I picked him up, I said, you just tell me what you want to do and when you want to do it. So we sat down and we actually ran down, as I told you last week, man, we've just been fucking monsters eating all, all the time. And uh, I remember all that list of food I gave you last week where we went to fucking, uh, we went to Midori we wound up at the fucking, uh, the tacos joint. We had breakfast burritos and we went, we had barbecue nachos, all that stuff. Um, I mean, that, that, that entire list pales in comparison to what we've done since then, the damage we've done. We have, we have eaten our way around the globe to the point where the inside of my fridge looks like the UN just because of the leftovers that we have. We have, uh, well, we got, all right, so, or, well, all right, so now let me spin back. Let me pivot back to what happened tonight. We went for ramen, as I've mentioned, and uh, we were, <laughs> the guy comes, so I, I can't eat it. I'm done. And I still got dry, you know, regular noodles in the noodle bowl. And then I got soup in the soup bowl. And the dude comes over, the waiter, and he looks and he goes, how you guys doing over here? And, he, and look, I will tell you about this waiter, asymmetrical haircut, clearly a model or an actor, incredibly friendly. Although I will tell you this, he was wearing long sleeves, but then like he, uh, he unbuttoned one sleeve. He had fucking ink all the way to the wrist, like all the way up to the bottom of the hand. The hands are clean. Uh, because he has not been to prison yet, but his arms, holy Jesus Christ, his, his arms were just a graffiti wall. I mean, it was just insane. Um, that's happening more and more with young people these days. And I, I, that's right. I say young people because it's funny. We were just watching, uh, you know, one of the things Ahmad and I do is we sit around, we watch YouTube, whatever we find all these things, because I don't know if you know this Chuck Hudspeth fan of the show gave me a Google Chromecast for Christmas. I didn't mention that uh, because it just happened and I haven't gotten to that just yet, but on the Christmas stream last year or last week, I should say, uh, we opened gifts from listeners. And one of them was a Google Chromecast from my good friend, Chuck Hudspeth. And so we've been looking at YouTube clips on my TV, watching Botchamania, this wrestle, this wrestling thing where it shows people fucking up and messing up all the time, messing up moves, messing up interviews. And uh, and so we were watching on the air, watching some stuff. He was bringing clips out and showing me stuff from YouTube. Well, what the fuck was I even talking? How did I get lost? What did I? What was I saying? Uh, oh, oh, so he showed me a shoot interview and these are, these are wrestlers. Uh, what they call a shoot interview is when wrestlers tell you the stuff that really happened backstage. So they're not in character anymore. And they're like, uh, Hey, that guy's got a big dick and he fucked a bunch of ring rats. Like they tell you all those stories. They're like, Oh, we were planning that match. And this guy potatoed me, which means he punched him for real. And then it just turned into a schmoz, which means a bunch of people started pushing each other for real. And then a guy spit in a guy's face and they weren't friends. And then they went on the road and they all got high. Like it's, it's always these these inevitable stories about somebody's dick and a bunch of weed. I mean, that's how wrestlers work. I mean, when we watched it, I even said to Ahmad, I just go, what a weird world. Like all their language is different. All the way, the way they act is different because they were just fucking, it was a zoo, man. They were just fucking traveling city to city, taking fucking Xanax and just trying to stay the fuck awake and stay off of the pain pills. But then they double off on the pain pills and get high and drunk and drive and fuck all these chicks. And I mean, you know, Raven's telling stories about a slip and slide with a dildo on his head. It's like, what the fuck, man? So we watched a shoot interview with a guy named Perry Saturn. The reason this comes up, Perry Saturn was a wrestler and uh, Perry Saturn has had uh, many different gimmicks, but then also in his real life, it's been a bit of a challenge for Perry, uh, particularly because uh, he got shot a couple of times in the throat <laughs> by muggers. And then uh, and then he woke up with a face tattoo that he doesn't know how he got it. Literally, he t- he claims that like two years of his life, he doesn't remember or something like that. Like he just 
He just fucking blacked out on drugs and he wandered the streets and he, he can't remember anything that happened, which seems like a cop out, which seems like, you know what that means? That means you did a lot of shit you don't want to talk about. That's all it is. That's like if, the, if I had done this show and like year three, I went, you know what? Uh, I, I, I can't remember any of the other shit I did with my life. I can't tell you anything. And the show just ended. You'd be like, that can't be right. Um, but that's what Perry Saturn did. He's just like, I don't remember two years of my life. I don't know what the fuck happened. But then you see him talk about it and you really don't doubt it. I mean, the guy's kind of a straight shooter. He's telling the truth, you know, and and we were talking about this. This was a commentary I saw on on these wrestlers. Uh, there's a guy named Jim Cornette. He was the manager of the Midnight Express. And uh, Perry Saturn was a, was a wrestler. And these guys were in WCW and WWE, and they worked backstage with the big names and stuff. But they were on the periphery. Even though they were working with the big names, they weren't Steve Austin. They weren't The Rock. So they were, but they were there to observe everything that happened. So... The best part about the interviews with them is they're telling you these stories about shit that happened. Cornette's talking about, you know, we were trying to set up this match and then this guy wouldn't job to this guy. And then another guy was yelling and Vince Russo was a dick and he wanted to kill him. And but they're so glib. And and the thing is, in wrestling, look, you got to talk. You have to be a talker. Jim Cornette's always been a talker. But when you hear him talk, you know, whether it's an amped up version or not, I believe Jim Cornette's telling the truth. Listening to Perry Saturn, I believe he's telling the truth because. He doesn't stop to think of an answer. He doesn't stop and go, well, um, the way it really happened. I mean, he he just fires off what happened. And the best part about Perry Saturn, I pointed, I said this to Ahmad. They're talking to Perry Saturn, and they would get all these questions from wrestling fans. And the wrestling fans would be like, oh, well, uh, who got the most pussy on the road? Or, you know, all these. Because, again, we are at heart a basic people. Like, nobody wants to ask him about angles or how his mom is. Everybody's like, who had the biggest dick in the locker room? I mean, and because these guys are all, they just dream of being in that position. They all, whether they think so or not, they're telling on themselves. Because if the only thing you can ask is how big is Batista's dick, we've outed you. We know exactly everything we need to know about you, man. Whether you think you're being funny or you're not being funny or you're being serious or you're not being serious, whatever the fuck you're doing, if the only question you could think to ask a guy who's got 20 years in the wrestling business and knows all of the fucking superstars and all of the black stories all of the dark stories, all of the stuff from the locker room that was terrible and mean, if all you can think to ask was how big is Batista's dick, whether it's a running bit or not, um, you've wasted that opportunity. Like, we, there was funny. They, they went to a fucking forum, and uh, they played a video from some guy, and, he, and he, he gave himself the name of a wrestler. There's a wrestler named X-Pac. And uh, this guy, he had an X-Pac mask on and like a fake title belt. And he went through this whole video performance and he's like, hey, brother, you know, Perry Saturn. And he's doing he's doing a character. He's doing a bit. And he's he keeps he's trying to be funny. He's trying so desperately to be funny. And the best part of it is he's in a clearly, clearly 100 percent. In a trailer. I mean, there's there's no arguing it. And even I'm just I'm not from this land. I'm is from another place. And I'm goes is that guy in a trailer? And I'm like, fuck yeah, he is. Uh, but he's doing his bit and you know, he thought about it for fucking months. He went and got the mask. He picked out the outfit. He rehearsed it probably over and over in a mirror. And then he recorded it probably hundreds of times, eliminating bad takes, tweaking, trying to make it better. You ever see that meme of fucking Zach Galifianakis doing the math from the hangover? That's exactly what the fuck this guy was doing as he was trying to make the best fucking parody video of a wrestler he could to ask Perry Saturn a question about dicks. And the best part of it is the guy, the host, clicks it. And he goes, all right, well, here's X-Pac from the forum. And it's like, brother, when you were doing and, he, and the, it's a fucking. And here's the thing, too. It's like a 90 second bit. If you're going to get in and out in 10 seconds, maybe. Maybe you get a laugh. Maybe 
your character gets over. Maybe you do something that's kind of entertaining because you realize you didn't overstay your welcome. But if you go 90 fucking seconds, which by the way, does not sound like a long time, unless you're doing something that sucks here, I do that. Find something that sucks and do it for 90 seconds. Read something out loud, set a stopwatch and read something shitty out loud for 90 seconds. See how interminable it is. It is. It's like when I used to do karaoke. And I, cause I would personally do like the only times I ever get roped into a karaoke, I'd go out with other comics or whatever the fuck. And then you'd pick a song and I don't, I would purposely pick this assassin's song, like something that would ruin the night. That's all. Cause I mean, I, I can't sing. I know I can't sing. So why the fuck am I there? Cause I, cause inevitably as we talked about the, uh, the show, when I did, went out with Catfight Jill and Debbie, Debbie could sing. So she wanted to go to karaoke. That was her whole deal. She was really good at it. So she wanted to find a karaoke bar so she could be a star. And that's fine. Whatever the fuck you got to do to, to, to sleep. But I would go to karaoke with comics who could sing. And, and I don't, I don't see it as fun because I can't do it. That's, that's not a, that's not an activity. Cause if I, if I sing, it's bad. I'm not good. I can't carry a note. I can't carry a tune. Uh, I might know the words. I might, you know, I, I could maybe, and this is a, this is literally a 1% scintilla of a fingernail of a maybe pull off a rap song. Maybe because I have rhythm. And if I know it well enough in my head, I can go and bust it out. But as far as singing and hitting notes, it's fucking terrible. But the thing is, you can convince yourself, hey, I can do this. Fuck, it's a microphone and a song. I sing in the car on the shower all the fucking time. Let's do this. And then you walk up to it. And then that fucking can track is like, whatever the fuck. And you grab the microphone. You're like, oh, all right, I'm going to blow the roof off of this fucking dump. And then you're like, I'm back in the saddle. And you hear yourself for the first fucking time sing out loud. And you go, oh, no. If you have any sort of fight or flight risk, you want to run the fuck out of the bar. And then the thing is, you look at the fucking TV screen. You got three minutes and 37 fucking seconds left of you of you having to fill it with your garbage. That's how fucking confident you were. I, I tell you what, these fucking people are never going to forget this. No, you know who's never going to forget it? Fucking you, man. You. Because that was the night you subjected everybody in the world to three minutes and 39 seconds of you sucking. And there was nothing you could fucking do about it. Because you walked in confident, brazen. Well, I can fake my way through one song I'm back in oh dude no awful I don't want to miss a thing oh no kill yourself literally jump off a roof find Ben Affleck and, and Bruce Willis to take you to the moon to leave you on the asteroid where you can ponder this mistake fucking forever you sing don't want to miss a thing in front of a crowded room of fucking people because I mean that's the thing too is you think oh, I can I can fake any song and then you pick like the hardest fucking song I'm going to sing something from La Boheme good for you oh not enough beer in this bar to get you drunk enough afterwards to forget about the fucking mistake you just made you fucking habitual dick stepper as you just made yourself look fucking stupid in front of a room full of everybody God damn it. So that's the thing is I would go go to karaoke. I picked, I've talked about this on here many times. The song I picked was a song called behind closed doors. Now I don't, I don't know that song in my heart. I don't know it. Well, I know the chorus. And the reason I know this song is because there's an old Saturday night live sketch where Bill Murray used to do Nick, the lounge singer. And he was closing up this bar in like Alaska or somewhere, some, some fur trapping bar and it's closing time. So he goes, cause when we get behind and he sings closed doors and he gets progressively worse and he's yelling at people. He's all right, everybody out time to face reality. And then there's a line where it goes, then she makes me glad that I'm a man. Again, you hear how bad I am just there. Well, but Bill Murray would do it like, I'm a man. I, mean, I think I've talked about this on the show before and, uh, and he fuck it. And so I, I'm loud. That's the only weapon I've got, man. That's that's what I've got in my holster. I am fucking loud. So I figure, you know what? I'm going to do a fucking chili dipped version to this song, Bill Murray's version, where I'm going to sing. My voice is going to crack. It's going to be funny, and I'm going to be fucking loud. And uh, 
That sounds like a good idea in theory until you start doing it. And then you realize you got four minutes of being loud and having your voice crack and people hate you. They fucking hate you. Please don't, don't ever think you're the cool one in the bar because you decided to be funny at karaoke. There are actual people there who are trying to sing and want to do real songs because this is it, man. This is their brass ring. They want to grab it. You're in a room full of Debbie's and you're a fucking downer. That's what's fucking happening, man, because you're about to go up there and fucking bust out some shitty ass song ruining every Debbie's night because that just means one less song they get to do in the wheel of fucking fame. And you've ruined it. You fucking ruined their night. You ruined yours because, again, you'll never forget it. I think I told this story on here, too, one time. I underestimated how easy or hard it was to sing. Because like I said, I've always in my life, I sing in the shower. I sing with the car. I sing with the radio. I fucking love to do it. I also know I'm atrocious at it. Well, there was a period in time where I didn't think I was bad at it. I I just went, well, I mean, I'm not a singer, but maybe I could pull it off. Like I actually, in my brain, it wasn't like a karaoke where I was like, well, fuck this. I'll give it a run and I'll just be the stupidest I can uh, and hide behind the fact that I did it a bad on purpose. One time I was in San Francisco. This is fucking, this is when I went up to the Holy City Zoo in fucking 1990, was it? Jesus Christ. I, I just, I, I took a day trip to San Francisco with a woman who worked at a Tahoe radio station. We went out there. And uh, I don't even remember her fucking name. The only thing I remember about her, is she looked like a female version of Tim Hart, who I went to high school with. This dude, Tim, who had uh, who had blonde hair and big fucking glasses, just a big shaggy fucking like a shaggy D.A. haircut, like a big St. Bernard haircut and big fucking horn rim glasses, big giant thick ones. Well, she looked like that, but she had longer hair. And uh, and somehow we hooked up in Tahoe. We were friends. And she's like, hey, man, I'm going to San Francisco because she had to do a radio thing or do an air check or something. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go down. Definitely. Because I wanted to go to San Francisco. I'd never been. So we were going to spend the day and I was going to get up at the Holy City Zoo and try to do the open mic. But we were at Fisherman's Wharf and we walked into a joint. And in the old days, they used to have this place where you could go record a song like a booth where you would walk in and you could pick any song out of a catalog. It was essentially karaoke, but you would get to keep a copy of it forever. They would give you a cassette. And uh, I swear to God, I told the story on the show and I, I, you get into a booth and you, you give them the song, you get, you know, you pay whatever the fuck it was at the time and, uh, and you bust it out and you get a cassette of your, of your song. Well, I was like, all right, what song can I pick here? I mean, you know, there's, cause there's songs that you can go to songs that, you know, you sang songs that are good, bad, whatever. And I mean, I'm not going to try some Van Halen song. Cause then you got to really put some oomph into it. So in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm going to pick a totally easy song. I'm going to pick a song. Uh, that I would sing along to on the radio when it would play, uh, a, a, you know, a tremendous hit, but also it didn't seem like it had a lot of histrionics in it. Not a lot of notes, not a lot of hit in the back wall type of stuff. It's a song called under the boardwalk by the drifters sixties, I think fifties maybe. And, uh, and so I get in the room and they've got the little, you put the headphones on. And, uh, and you, you, you know, you just, you don't, there's no warm up. You're not in there for fucking six hours, warming up the voice and drinking tea and fucking lemon. You just have to fucking go for it, man. You got to, they open the mic and you just bust out your song. Cause I guess they figure that the people who are going in there to bust out a song know that they can sing that song. So I open up the lyric sheet. I said, all right, here we go. I put the old headphones on, which are probably covered in lice and flop sweat, but it doesn't matter. I throw them on my fucking head and I get the microphone and then it's like, uh, you know, the song starts out, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do the whole fucking song because honestly, right now, stand by me is replacing it in my head, which makes no sense. Um, no, it's, oh, when the sun beats down and the tar's out on the roof. All right. So that's already right there. That's the first line. When the sun beats down and the tar's hot on the roof, I believe it is. And uh, 
but but you under again you underestimate the singing because then he goes on the roof and I can't I can't do that like and and then and your shoes get so hot you wish your tired feet were fireproof now listen to that that's me struggling just to do it here and this guy fuck and then he goes under the boardwalk I mean he and then he hits he goes down by the sea like really this high pitch and I mean and on a blanket with my baby is where I'll be now I'm in the booth by myself and I'm. I'm doing it and I'm doing it the best that I can. And I'm doing it, uh, you know, like I would with the radio because I can hear it in my ears, in my headphones. And I'm doing what I can to, you know, because to me, I'm just like, all right. But the but the first line, I know I'm bad. Like that's the first exposure to how bad I am because there's actual music, actual headphones. I have to listen to myself rather than have the actual people singing it on the radio. So I'm not singing along with anybody. I'm just singing into the ether and it's fucking terrible. And I know it's terrible, but I paid for this and I got four minutes to get through a fucking song. There's verses, there's choruses and shit. And I know there's notes coming up that I can't, I I couldn't approach on the horizon on horseback. I mean, that's how fucking out, far out of my range they are. Just like this. Uh, oh, dude, I can't even explain the frustration, the horror, the feeling of of how alone you are when you're going through something that you know is fucking terrible, but you've got to spend the next four minutes doing it because you know what? You invested your time. Let's fucking get through it. Uh, I finish. I walk out of the booth and my friend is there and she's looking at me and, and she has just pleading eyes. You know what I mean? It's just, and I realize they played it out loud in the fucking place for everybody to hear when they're out there shopping for their own goddamn songs. So they're all looking at me with this face like, oh, <laughs> he tried. And uh, and I and I got the cassette, man. I you know because what I fucking paid for it. Let's do it. And then I wound up listening back to it and go and just I can I'm literally sweating now telling you the story. I'm not fucking joking because of the horror, the flop sweat, the terror and the feeling of embarrassment, knowing that I was so bad at something and subjected everybody to fucking listen to it. And, and and there were also probably people who could really sing waiting in line behind me. And I'm their hog in the booth fucking and trying to hit notes that, again, I don't have I don't have any fucking business. Even from at, at that point, the drifters would have been well within their rights to show up, drag me out of the booth and beat me to death. I would have taken it. They could have left my corpse in order. You know what? Beat me to death and throw my body under the boardwalk as a warning to anybody else who would try to sing that fucking song. Just fucking flag me. Get the drifters in there to stomp the fuck out of me doo-wop style and leave me fucking for dead. Terrible. So the whole point of this is Perry Saturn is sitting there giving a shoot interview this dude does a fucking 90 second bit and he, you can just see, and the best part of it is Perry Saturn and the host, because in my brain, I'm like, turn the shit off, turn off, just fuck this kid, fuck this guy, fuck his bit, throw him out. They watch the whole thing. They watch the whole thing. And he's got, he's got some question about brother who got laid the most. Again, they all want to know who fucked who, who had sex with who, why, all this shit. And it finally ends. And the host looks at him and he goes, all right, so you, yeah, I mean, you heard the question. And Perry Saturn goes, I don't know who he's talking about. And they completely no sell this guy's character. And then they move to the next question. (laughs) This dude, think about it. This dude, again, rehearsed for hours, went and bought an X-Pac mask, bought a suit, cleaned out his trailer, sent his mom down to go buy milk, put his kids out on the seesaw, went ahead and cleared it so he had his own space, recorded himself a thousand fucking times, making sure he hit every fucking beat just the right way he wanted to do it. And then he loaded that motherfucker up and he hit send to make sure that his hero, Perry Saturn, would fucking see it. And Perry Saturn just went, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And that was it. They were done. Fuck you. 
You tried and you fucking failed. Um, but that's what I loved about the interview is Perry Saturn is just no selling things, but he's also telling the truth because he never tried to make up a story. He never tried to go, Oh, well, let me answer that with this. He never did any of that bullshit. He would just go, no, I don't know who that is. I don't know what they're talking about. No, I never went to there. You know what I mean? Like he, he never felt the need to justify their questions with bullshit answers. He just went, yeah, no, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? It was, and, and so I, that's why I'm like, I know this guy's telling the fucking truth. Same thing with Jim Cornette. That guy's telling the truth. He might be telling it in a fucking crazy, wild, loud, exaggerated way. Hi, how you doing? I'm Mike. I'm familiar with that. But he's definitely telling the fucking truth. Uh, and and the, the whole reason I brought this up, now that I think about it, is because Perry Saturn's got ink all over his arms like the other guy did at the restaurant. Remember I mentioned, remember that, 45 minutes ago when I talked about a fucking waiter who, who came over to bring me some soup and he had ink all the way down to his wrists? Well, that's what Perry Saturn's got. My point is, this actor, this this fucking asymmetrical fucking flock of seagulls waiter who's bringing me soup and with a, with a perfect smile and a great attitude, a lovely guy, lovely man, good waiter. I'm sure he's terrific to his family and friends. Uh, and, but he's just got a fucking shit ton of ink all up and down his arms. And eventually he's going to look like Perry Saturn who, who looks like again, cause he's got tattoos from his fucking scalp to his wrists and probably all the way down to his goddamn ankles. And in the old days, you would pay a quarter to watch him at a carnival, eat an apple. You know what I mean? He just, he just looks like a fucking monster. You're just like, what the fuck happened to that guy? You know, he's got two fucking gauge earrings in his ear. He's these giant, they look like bolts. And I mean, he's got two, a hole in his collarbone from getting shot. It's like in the old days, he'd be at the bottom of a well scaring your kids because you paid fucking a dollar to look at him. You know what I mean? But now he's getting interviewed on fucking internet because that's how it goes. And eventually this kid who brought me my soup is going to look in a mirror and go, yeah, this is a fucking mistake. Who the fuck? He's literally, he's going to have his shirt off. He's going to be looking at his chest and his arms and he'd go, what the fuck was I thinking? Man, who the fuck is Wanda? Like literally he'll have no idea. He'll have no idea who Wanda is in the crook of his arm. And yet forever, he has to take Wanda wherever he goes. Wherever he goes, he knows she goes. Wherever she goes, she knows he goes. No ifs, no ands, no buts, and no egos. Amigos together forever. Fucking Ink Boy and Wanda. Anywhere they want to wind up. Carrying soup for days. So he comes at a table. And again, a wonderful guy. Tons of ink, certainly. But a wonderful man. And and he comes over and he looks at me and he goes, uh, how are we doing over here? And I say, all finished. All finished. And he goes, great. And he uh, he grabs my soup and he grabs my bowl of noodles. Because, again, they are separate. You don't want to put the, the extra noodles in with the soup. And he uh, first he grabs the, ba- the, the noodles and then he takes the soup. And then he places the bowl of soup in the bowl of fucking noodles. Like like inside, like not carrying them separately. He put He's just... So now the noodles are contaminated with soup bowl bottom, which I don't want. You got the ass of the soup bowl touching my fucking noodles. So he puts it in there and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. And he looks and I go, what are you doing? He goes, what? You said you're finished. And I go, yeah, I want, I'd, I'd like it boxed up and I want to take it with you. He goes, oh, okay, no problem. You want me to go ahead and box? Yes, yes, I want you to box it up, of course. So, uh, so he walks into the back with my soup and noodles and I don't know what the fuck he's doing to it back there. If in front of me, he's willing to put the ass of the soup bowl right into the fucking noodles, I don't know what kind of fucking debauchery he's performing on my goddamn starch strings in the back. But uh, he walks away and I look at him out and I go, what the fuck, man? And him goes, what? And I go, dude, what the fuck is he doing? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I go, dude, I, why would he fucking, why would I not want the soup I just paid for? Why would I not want to bring it with me? And he goes, well, you said you were all finished. And I, I look at Ahmad, I, I, in a, I puzzled, confused. 
And again, Kuwait, they're different. They're different from us. They're different from you and me. And yet the same as we know. But Ahmad, uh, Ahmad is he's siding with Ink Boy. Why are you siding with Ink Boy? Asymmetrical Ink Boy? That's who you're siding with? And, and so I look at him and I go, what are you talking about? He goes, no, man. He goes, you said you were finished. If you're finished, that means it's, you know, they, that they should throw it out. I go, no. What happens is he comes to me and he says, hey, man, are you, uh, what's going on here? And I say, I'm all finished. And then his next line, as it is every time I perform in a play or a movie filmed in a restaurant when I'm eating dinner or lunch or breakfast even, is, would you like a box for that? That's your next line, Ink Boy. Asymmetrical Ink Boy, that is your, uh, you're an actor. You're a model. Know this. You have to have a script. And your next line is, would you like a box for that? Would you like me to box that up? Are you going to take that with you? That's your line. If I say all finished, which means I'm all finished here at the table, but now I would like these noodles in transport, please. Could you somehow shove them in a FedEx envelope and mail them to my fucking house? Somehow, can I get them out of this building without you putting the ass end of the soup pole into them and ruining them for life? Uh, and Ahmad goes, no, man, that's, uh, you said you were finished. I thought you were done too. And I'm like, I, I look at Ahmad and I just go, you're not serious. He goes, yeah. And I go, dude, his line is, well, you want him boxed up. That's his next line. And Ahmad goes, no, man, if you're finished, you're finished. Now, first, a couple of things about Ahmad, as we've talked about. One, he lives in a land of no doggy bags. Uh, they, they, because they are so rich in Kuwait, they don't need to take their leftovers. They leave them for the Indian and Pakistani workers who work at the restaurant to nibble on in the back and try to stay somewhat strong to carry out their 15-hour shifts. That's why they leave them the leftovers. We went for shakshuka once, and he and I each ate one egg and like one spoonful of shakshuka, and then he ordered like a date plate and a bunch of other breakfast stuff. And I'm telling you, there was at least, at fucking least, two more breakfasts for me and him together. Two more two-people breakfasts, four breakfasts for one person. And he just gets up and he's like, yeah, let's get out of here. I'm like, don't you want to take this? Like maybe your dad or somebody. He's like, nah, man, why why? no, not at all. And that was the way it was everywhere we went. We went to a restaurant once, uh, me, him and a guy named Daesh and we ordered fish and these two fish come out and they are fucking like they ordered whole fish. I can say, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. We're looking at stuff. He's like, yeah, we'll get this and we'll get this. And they bring out these two fish that looked like, honestly, somebody shot a piranha with a growth ray. That's how fucking weirdly shaped they were. And they had weird teeth. The fish still had teeth. They had eyeballs. Yes. Apparently that restaurant does that all the time. And because I don't know, he asked me for the weight for the fish. Yes. I, I just said uh, enough for two people. Yeah, the guy asked for the, how, how big of a fish do you want? And Ahmad said enough for two people. And then the guy brought something so fucking big, Geppetto climbed out and joined us for lunch. I mean, it, yeah. Oh, they kick you up the expensive. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, okay. So yeah, so they tricked Ahmad. They were like, they're like two people, and they thought Ahmad, they thought Ahmad was being joined by two giants somehow for lunch, um, because they brought us these two gigantic fish for me, him, and Dice. And we picked at it. We ate as much as we could. But I mean, these were these were fish the size of fucking manhole covers. I mean, they were gigantic with teeth. It's it's like if you saw a hubcap with teeth coming at you. That's what this fucking thing looked like. And they and we got two of them. And there's three dudes. We're just picking away at it and doing the best we can. Um, but then we we only ate like maybe a third of each fish. And then we got up to split. And I'm like, you guys want to wrap this up? And I guess look, I don't know how you fucking do. You want to wrap it up or mount it above your fireplace at that fucking point? I mean, it looked it was that scary. So and they're both like, nah, like they don't need it because they don't, they're not they're just the the Kuwaitis are not a leftover people. And the Kuwaitis are not a people who like leftovers, I guess is the better way to put that. So uh, so I guess I, I I understand when he's like, oh, yeah, if you say you're all finished, you're all finished. But no, here's why I don't agree with it. I would normally default to that. I would say, all right, well, you know what, Ahmad, you're not from here. You're not you're not familiar with our ways. 
You don't know the fact that our Native Americans call corn maize. You don't know any of those things. I don't know why I did that. Did it rhyme? Is that why that popped into my fucking head? I don't know. Um, But here's the deal. If he feels that way in Kuwait, no leftovers. If you say you're all finished, you're all finished. You walk the fuck out. Fine. I get that. I understand it. But this is... uh, This is day 15 of Ahmad's excursion to America to join me here for December and Christmas and fun. He's on a plane Friday, which is the day after you're hearing this Thursday. So I'll be taking him to LAX in a couple of days. Well, in those days that he's been here, in addition to watching movies and seeing my friends and hanging out and doing nothing, as I've mentioned, we've eaten like monsters all through this goddamn town to the point where they might have like old West wanted posters on the wall in every restaurant going, keep an eye out for these gentlemen and do not allow them access to the building. Uh, and every time we've gone to any restaurant we've eaten at, we've ordered way too much fucking food. And, uh, every single time we did that, someone would approach us and go, how are you guys doing? And we would say all finished. And they would go, you want a box or would you like me to box it up for you? And I would of course pleasantly say yes. And they would put it in a bag and it would go in my fridge and sit there until I have to throw it out when mod leaves. Uh, So he knows, man, you know how we fucking do things here, dude. So don't pretend that you don't. You can't side with asymmetrical ink boy. Incorrect, man. Foolish. Uh, But he did. And so then I looked, I'm like, man, I don't even fucking know you. After all the shit that we've been through together this week, you're going to go ahead and turn on me inside with flock of seagulls. And he's just like, well, I, you know, I'm telling you, if you say you're finished, you're finished. Uh, But then thankfully it all came to a screeching halt as asymmetrical ink boy wandered out and he, and he gave us our food. And, uh, but I will tell you, he stacked it weird. That was, a, that was a strange thing. Like he, he had the soup in one container and the back of noodles in another container, which good for him. That's a bonus point. But then he put it in the bag and he, and he stacked them horizontally. So the bag and then the handle was on the side. So if I would have picked it up by the handle, it all would have tipped the fuck over. And who knows? I would have had a fucking soup splash. And that's not good. I, the kid was great. The kid, you know what? 85% of the meal went fucking flawlessly. The last 15 was a goddamn car wreck. Asymmetrical link boy doesn't know. You know what? He's really good at greeting you and serving you food. He's got no idea how to get you out the door. And maybe that's because he loves too much. Maybe he doesn't want you to go anywhere. Maybe he's like, oh, y'all finished? And he wants you to go ahead and stick around and put it in the fridge back there. You can sleep over and wake up in the morning and have some breakfast with him. Who knows? Maybe he can't afford to let you go. He doesn't want to cut you loose. He'd become attached to you. I have no idea how he handles his business. All I know is he handled incorrectly at the end and fucking Ahmad sided with him just on his way out of town. Maybe, and look, maybe Ahmad's sick of my act. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe after two fucking weeks, he's like, you know, fuck this. You know, I've been waiting all along to tell you, fuck you, man. If you're finished, you're finished. Um, Maybe Ahmad was just, you know what? I've been an American for two fucking weeks. I got to, maybe he's getting back into Kuwaiti mode. Maybe he's got to revert back into Kuwaiti mode for the last couple of days. I don't know how he handles it, but I was pissed. So I I throw a poll to you guys. If a waiter says, uh, if you say I'll finish to a waiter, does, isn't his next line, would you like a box? Or do you like Ahmad? insist he pick up all of the crockery with your leftovers and pitch it into the parking lot and said it gets run over by somebody passing by. Uh, please feel free to text me. Let me know. Let me know how you feel about it. Uh, but now I have some Japanese food in my fridge. I'm very excited because dudes, we have been all over the goddamn place. We have done nothing but eat like psychopaths. Um, this is, this is the total truth right now in my fridge. We have Chinese, Japanese, Dirty knees. And look at these. We have all of that in my fridge. Uh, We have Chinese, Japanese. We have Italian. We have American. We have Ethiopian leftovers. And uh, and is that is that it? And Armenian. We have Armenian because we had the big fucking Christmas Armenian feast. We've got kebabs. We've got rice. We've got hummus. We've got uh, Shirazi salad in the fridge. 
that's that's the Armenian. We've got two deep dish Chicago pizzas. <laughs> what monsters? What fucking animals? We're just we're just roaming this town like tigers on the Serengeti, looking to take down an antelope. We fucking bring home two deep dish pizzas, uh, of which I have half of mine left. I think he's got a third of his left. We have. Ethiopian leftovers from a joint we went to because we had I, I I have never had Ethiopian food in my life. I've had pigeon peas, which sort of counts. And uh, Ahmad had a list and he's like, you know what? I think I want to try Ethiopian food. I go, dude, I drive through little Ethiopia all the fucking time. And I've always said to myself, I want to go here and eat something. And he's like, well, fuck it. We're doing it. So we went to little Ethiopia on uh, on Saturday. I think it was. And we walked in and they and they, they you know, the, the waiter very friendly. And he's like, you should get this and this. They had one. We ordered one dish. Get this. We ordered one dish. And it was 12 different salads. It was, it was fucking, and the way Ethiopians eat there, you know, there's no utensils. You eat with your hands. They give you this bread called injuru, injera, this bread called injera, and, uh, which sounds like a medication in this country. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, call your doctor and see what injera can do for you. Well, I can tell you what it can do for me. It can pick up fucking beets and, and red lentils and shove them into my goddamn face. It's like a sour pancake bread. And by itself, I was not a fan. I took a bite of it because he even said the waiter's like, here, try a little bit of it and see what you think. And I, I was like, hmm, t- delicious. Tried not to fucking throw up. Hey, that's that's extreme. I just don't like sourdough bread. It's not my thing. But when you're using it as a vehicle to pick up Ethiopian food and jam it into your maw, Jesus fucking Christ, is it good? So I got like a lamb stew and uh, there was a chicken wanga pat or whatever the fuck that 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 Ahmad ordered. That's supposedly the specialty of the house. And then Dongawat. Dorowat, not Dongawat. We, uh, you know what? I actually ordered the Dongawat, and please, it was just you should just the shape alone is enough to turn you off putting it in your goddamn mouth, depending on what kind of person you are. But we had the Dorowat, which uh, I, what that was? She's a metal singer, right? I think that no Doropesh. I'm thinking of Doropesh. I apologize. Uh, but Dorowat, we had the chicken Dorowat, which is essentially they cook chicken and spices for 18 hours until it gets down to like this thick, sludgy chicken paste, but with huge chunks of delicious white meat in it. It, t- it just tastes like the best burned bottom of a pan you've ever had. Like when you scrape up the, that's, the, oh my God, it was so fucking good. It was like almost like an Ethiopian mole. That's how I would describe it. You cook it for 18 hours. It's got spices. It's just delicious. We had a lamb stew, red lentils, green lentils, red peas, oh no, yellow peas, green peas, uh, fucking this salad, this, this, uh, like yam hot salad. Oh, it was all just so goddamn good. And I have all of it in my fridge right now. Ethiopian. So that's the Ethiopian food. We got the Armenian, the kebabs, the fucking deep dish pizzas. Um, we got leftover Chinese from new year's Eve. We've got some lion's head soup. We've got some, uh, some fucking fried rice, some beef fried rice. We've got that. We've got today's food, which is the leftover ramen. Uh, what am I missing? Armenian, Ethiopian, Italian, Oh, the American food. We had, we had leftover uh, fried chicken and and leftover sauces from the fried chicken. We just we just went the fuck off, dude. We everywhere we've gone, we've just eaten. And we and look, a couple of days we've actually had just leftovers. We've just heated up bowls and plates of the stuff that's in the goddamn fridge. But it just we can't put a dent in it. We just can't because then eventually we go out that night or we go somewhere else and we grab some other food and we bring it back. And I love it. I'm fucking all for it. But uh. But we got one more day tomorrow. He was making some noise about going to Son of a Gun, possibly, and he wants to go to Killer Shrimp on his way out of town. This kid, he just he's just an eating machine. It's a monster. Um, and he's going to fly out Friday. And I'm going to have a fridge full of fucking just to-go containers. And I'm just going to cry. I'm going to sob as I eat cucumbers and yogurt as my friend is in the sky. 
Um, but goddamn, it's been fun. It's been amazing. And we just, so we got all of this food. We've been all over the place doing a bunch of stuff. We had, uh, uh, what did we do? Fuck. We, we, we went to movies. Uh, we went, oh, get this. We saw the movie Vice. And, uh, and look, here's the thing I, you know, I will, this is the thing that bothered me. It's a movie. It's a biopic. I don't want to get too much into it. It's a biopic. And, uh, and I, I think it's the problem with biopics is we, we already know what happened. Like all of us had the information in our head. So we kind of know the end result. We know the end of the movie pretty much. So you have to do it, tell it in an interesting way in order to keep my attention. But I will say this, uh, it's the vice is the story of Dick Cheney. And I thought they did an admiral job of, of admitting the fact that he was bisexual and he dies of AIDS at the end. I thought that was cool that they wound up because I was worried they weren't going to deal with that part of the story. And because in the initial trailer, it looked like it wasn't and it caused a lot of problems with the LBGTQ community. Uh, but luckily, they, they, they worked it in and it worked out fine for everybody. Um, I, I, we're all having fun because I also saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw Vice. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I saw that they're making an Elton John movie called Rocket Man, which I don't understand, but good for them. And... Uh, and also they're making, uh, we saw, we, we saw trailers. We just, we just had the best fucking time. Um, we, I, we watched a movie called the raid, which I had not seen last night. We watched it on Netflix. I just, I have had a fantastic fucking time hanging out with my friend for a couple of weeks. I'm disappointed and sad that he's leaving and going away. I wish he was not, but, uh, I cannot talk him into moving to America because, uh, you know, then he'd be an American and God knows that's a dirty word around the world these days. And I don't fucking blame him. He tells me, he's like, come to Kuwait. He goes, learn how to fucking teach, man. Take a year, a year and a half and get a degree and then come out and teach people English in fucking Kuwait. And I'm like, let's, let's back up to the year and a half, get a degree part. You, you really think that's happening? I, I can't, I, you, the only thing I'm going to do for a year and a half is eat leftovers so I can clean up my fridge. That's the only thing I got on. That's all I got on the day is for the next 18 months is eating everything in my fucking fridge so I can see the light again underneath by the arm and hand hammer fucking box of baking soda doing yeoman's work. You don't think that Arm & Hammer baking soda is absorbing Ethiopian, Italian, Armenian, Chinese, Japanese, and American odors? This box is working overtime. By the time I pull it out of there, it's probably going to be sweating. It might be sentient. That might be a sentient Arm & Hammer baking soda box. It's going to fucking swear at me. What the fuck is wrong with you two? That's what it's going to say to me on the way out. Um... And we had an ex, we had, you know, we had a Christmas stream, as a matter of fact. So I will tell you this, while he's been in town, another thing we've been doing, we've been putting into the Twitch channel, uh, which exists, as you know, it's, it's the Twitch channel, go to the twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. That's my channel. Go subscribe to it. You can look, you can follow me on Twitch and you can subscribe to me via Amazon prime. You, you do that. There's also just subscriptions via Twitch. There's tier one, tier two, and tier three. And we've been having an amazing time streaming. I've been playing Red Dead Redemption mostly, but we also, like I mentioned, I played that insurance investigator game for a little bit. Uh, I think tonight and tomorrow we'll be going ahead and trying to figure out how to stream some OBS stuff so I can have some games. Um, You know, I have a Raspberry Pi, and right now it doesn't look like I can do any of the older games because with a Mac it doesn't work. I, I have to get a PC. Uh, so, but we're looking into using an emulator so I can play some other games and stuff. And I want to have a streaming. Look, I, I have big plans and I'm excited, but right now I stream pretty much every day at three o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, I, I can tell you that, that if you're, if you're listening to this today, Thursday, I'll be doing it three o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be doing it Friday, three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe not Saturday, but I'll definitely be doing those. And it's three o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time, but we've been getting the, uh, this, this page all set up the Twitch channel. And so we did a live stream last week. I mentioned to you guys, December 20th, I'll be doing a live stream. It was going to be on YouTube. And then a uh, crazy story, folks. Uh, a funny thing happened on the way to YouTube as uh, Ahmad and I were trying to use the camera 
And we took the saddest looking photo of the two of us in front of a green screen you've ever seen in your life. And it made it the, it was the, it was the fucking thumbnail for the chat. Then we were trying to build the OBS because there was a fireplace GIF that uh, that had been found for us and we were going to use and it was exciting and we couldn't get it to work. And then we finally went to Twitch and we got the whole fucking thing to work. So we wanted to do a live stream, which is actually available at my Twitch channel. You can go and rewatch it. Uh, But what I'd like to do here, because you know what I'm going to do? I've done I've done this show and I'm going to I'm going to tack on last year's Christmas show uh, with this. Uh, so it'll be like a big extravaganza. You'll have the Christmas show. You've got this show now, which is holy fucking hour. I didn't know I was doing this for an hour, but, um, but I've talked to you and we've gone ahead and done this and we're excited. And so we, so I, you know me and you know how my fucking brain works. I said to Ahmad, I'm like, Hey, you know, I could probably just run last year's Christmas show, but I don't want to cheat people out. And he's like, you're not cheating anybody. You're doing live streams. Like, cause I literally already live streamed for three hours today on Twitch. And, uh, but that's, but that's the thing. It was only for, it was for 35 people, which is a good audience for Twitch right now. Cause nobody knows who the fuck I am, but this show goes out to thousands. And I don't want to fucking short shrift you guys. So if I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't do a podcast because I did a, a fucking uh, stream on Twitch. Well, the only reason I'm able to do a Twitch stream is because of listeners of the podcast supporting it. So it's just not, you know, my fucking brain. And, you know, I'm like, well, I can't, I can't not do this, but I don't want to do this. And then I want to do this. I just and the, the bottom line is, you know what? Do a fucking podcast and do Twitch streams. Make it work. So we did this and we're attaching last year's Christmas show to it. But before we do, I want to go out. I want to talk about. Uh, the people on the Christmas stream, like, you know, and look, I did the Thanksgiving show and I was able to thank people by name and I was very happy and proud to be able to do that. And please don't feel left out if I don't get to you here. But what I'm doing is I'm going to talk about the people who sent me gifts on December 20th. They've sent me stuff. Uh, we had the live stream. You can go right now. And as a matter of fact, if you want, I'm going to do this list and talk about things. And then you can go watch the live stream while I'm doing it and try to see the gifts as they come up in real time. Uh, and you can also meet me and a mod switching chairs in a goddamn Chinese fire drill, trying to figure out who's on camera and who's not because we couldn't get the camera to work at first. And it was a mess, but then it turned out to be really fucking smooth. And, uh, and we had a lot of people hanging out and watching. It was totally fun. Uh, these are in order of how I opened them as a matter of fact, but I'm going to go ahead and just talk. I just want to thank on the air. I want to thank our friend, Jamie Gonzalez, who is a listener to this show and she's fantastic. Uh, Jamie Gonzalez, you know, look, I've talked about on the show before about, uh, thumper bats when I was a kid. They used to give away, they had a bat day giveaway at the ballpark and they give you away these little tiny miniature baseball bats and it would say like Chicago White Sox and people would keep them in the trunk of their car in case there was a fight uh, in Chicago. And I actually saw a fight happen in the Comiskey Park parking lot with two guys with thumper bats wailing on each other while they were trying to get at one another. You know, it was that, but also like they didn't just, nobody was tough. Nobody waded in swinging it and like was willing to eat some shots. It was more like, eh, 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 just a fucking thumper bat flail fight. And then two more guys jumped in and they beat the fucking guy down and they all had thumper bats. And it was a mess. We got the fuck out of there. So I've seen these in action. I can guarantee you mine will not be used to hit anybody in the face in the parking lot of Comiskey Park. But I will tell you, I'm proud to have it. It's a green official Louisville Slugger thumper baseball bat, miniature baseball bat. And it says, uh, we care, everybody cares. I, it, it might say you care, everybody cares. I don't have it in front of me. But it had the motto of the show along with the 40-year-old boy on the barrel. And God damn, is that an amazingly fun and awesome gift. So thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Chuck Hudspeth, who sent me uh, a Roddy Piper Funko. He sent me the Google Chromecast. And he sent me a year's subscription to the WWE network, which, you know, I know you're thinking, you're like, well, Mike, you don't watch new wrestling. Well, I do. I try to watch a little of it, but the thing is with this, you can access all the old wrestling because fucking WWE owns all the old catalogs. So I can go watch old road warrior fucking videos from the eighties. And, and that's all I want to do. Really? I just want to go watch the fucking old road warrior videos on my Google Chromecast and, uh, and also the Piper Funko, which was so cool. So that's going to go up. Cause I got dudes, I got to redo all my Funkos as you'll hear by the end of this. But, uh, I got the Piper Funko. Cheryl Jones, host of the Movies Made Me podcast, sent me a very nice card. Joel Fowler, 
uh, he, he doubled up on me. He sent me a Prince Funko and he's in the around and around the world in a day outfit, the, the, the blue outfit with the clouds on it, which is beautiful. And he sent me a, a Mac attack Chicago bears 52 t-shirt, which is beautiful. Uh, Khalil Mack, as you know, the bears clinched the division. And if they win this weekend and the Rams lose, the bears will get a buy, which is all I'm hoping for. Uh, but if they don't do that, then the bears get a first round playoff game at home. And then if all goes right, they'll be playing here in the second round to play the Rams. And, uh, I got a feeling your friend Mike might be at that game. We'll see what happens, but a Mac attack t-shirt and a Prince Funko from our friend, Joel Fowler. Thank you so much. Uh, Drew Bennett. Uh, he gave me a, 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 you know, a card and a lovely photo of his family and a bunch of, uh, baseball cards. One of which was Mike Schmidt, old school tops, miniature baseball cards. And then he sent me a gift as well because Andrew Bennett, he, he just can't send a card. He sends a gift. You know what he sent me? Because, you know, I've always joked around. I'm like, oh, man, nobody wants to watch me fucking lose at Burger Time. Uh, well, we're going to get our dream to come true because this man sent me an actual Burger Time machine, not a game, not to play online. He sent me a tiny, like kind of a miniature version of the Burger Time arcade game that I think actually works. I haven't tried to put any batteries in it yet. I haven't tried to salt any runaway potatoes, but I will eventually. And I will play that Burger Time courtesy of Drew Bennett. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, our friend Lou Fulmer, one of our many cop listeners, I used to say I only had one, but now I've got at least four that I know of Lou Fulmer from up in Oregon. He, uh, and he was in the stream to see me open up his cop flashlight, which is going to, I'm going to use to wreak havoc when I'm on the road. And also some badass facial scrubs that his wife made for me, which is really cool. One of them is like grapefruit peppermint or something like that. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait. That just sounds like something I'd eat. I can't wait to squirt all this in my mouth. Fuck scrubbing my face with it. Uh, but that's great that Lou Fulmer would send me that. Um, Mike and Tanya in Canada up in Kitchener, sent me a candle that smells like maple syrup. And when I say that, I don't say it lightly because when I opened the wrapping paper, immediately maple syrup smell filled my house. And then I got it out of the fucking box. I took the paper out and oh my Christ, my house still, when you walk past it, it smells like maple syrup. I haven't even lit the fucking thing yet. And I still got a trail of a vapor trail of maple syrup here in my house. So thank you, Mike and Tiny for thinking of me and sending me the maple syrup candle. That was fantastic. Uh, our friend, uh, fish sticks suck. I'm just going to use that name because I think she wanted to use an alias. She sent me, she knows me and she knew my heart. And you know me, folks, I've talked about if you go to a machine and it says, guess what? If you have a mystery flavor of any sort, I'm buying it. I'm just, I'm a sucker like that. Whatever's in my wallet, you're getting it. Magic beans, whatever the fuck I'm anything that could happen will happen if you buy a mystery box. And, uh, so she sent me mystery ball and it was, it was tons of crepe paper with a bunch of little gifts. I got a skull. I got, I got some Swedish fish. I got a key. I got a martini glass fashioned out of a paperclip. Folks, this is, this is high quality stuff that all came wrapped in crepe paper. So I'm excited, but unraveling, it was the fun part. That was the best part. So I unraveled all of it and it was fantastic. Thank you. Fish dick suck. Uh, Jenny and Matt Henshaw sent me a card, sent me a, uh, a, a, an album by a metal band named Yob, I think it was, or, or I don't even, Yob, like Yob Doom. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, it's a CD by a band called Yob, who apparently is a death metal band. And, uh, and then even better, uh, well, not even better. In addition to, they sent me a Van Halen license plate holder. And now you're thinking, well, what do you mean Van Halen? It's, uh, it's like the fucking Frankensteiner, like Eddie's guitar. It's got all the red and white black stripes and I'm going to fucking put that on my car. It's going to be amazing once I get uh, my car wash done. But uh, yeah, so that was the Henshaws. They sent me that, which was fantastic. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Liana Dixon, whom we love, uh, number one fan of the show. She reached out. Here's what, and it's funny. I was opening other gifts and she's just like, oh man, mine's, yeah, I don't want to, I don't open mine. I just stop, Liana. Everything you send is perfect. And sure enough, I opened it up. What the, what's the, in the first package, folks? Six candy bars. You're goddamn right. 
Six Hershey bars, a couple of special darks, a couple of almonds, a couple of regulars, a, uh, a cookies and cream. Uh, cause she knows me too. Everybody knows me, which was nice of Liana. And then even better than that, she sent me a gigantic box. I didn't know it was going to be in it. It was the 40 year old boy time zone converter. It's literally a map of the world, but she did some work on it where she, she put on their 40 year old boy time zone converter and she put the time zones for, for everywhere at the top of the map. So when I tell you that a live stream is at six o'clock PM, I can also tell you that it's going to be four o'clock in Hawaii and seven o'clock in Denver. And I, also what time it's going to be in Kuwait and what time it's going to be in fucking Russia. Like she concluded everybody, dude. And I can't wait to hang that on the wall right here in the office, right next to where we stream from. It's going to be fucking perfect. So I can look up and just at a glance, tell you what time streams are going to be. It's going to be great. So thank you, Liana. Uh, thank you, the Henshaws. Thank you. Our friend John Jensen sent me, uh, I, I don't know what this is. He's, it says a driver. I'm not sure what that is because uh, we have a list that we, we kept. And it's, uh, oh, oh, he sent me the game driver. That's what it is. It was a PlayStation game called Driver. He wants to see me play. So thank you, John Jensen. He said it was a really fun game and Ahmad knew what that was too. And so he knew it was fun. So I'm looking forward to playing that game when I get a chance. Our friend Philip Chaffin sent me, some, uh, sent me his CD. He made a, a beautiful CD that I've not been able to listen to yet, but I'm really glad that he thought of me and he gave it to me. And also that's available if you want to go to philipchaffin.com. That's two L's, two F's, I believe. Two, L, two L's and Philip, two F's and Chaffin. Could be Chaffin. But he also sent me some lozenges because at the time, I remember I had the razor blades in my throat. He sent me some badass like fucking miso, yuzu, lemon, honey, pepper lozenges I can't wait to use when I'm, at, when I'm in dire, dire straits. I might even just use them in regular straits. I might use them before every goddamn show. Coat my throat with fucking deliciousness. I'll do that. Thank you so much for thinking of me, Philip. Dave Fogerson sent me. Now, again, this is a fantastic gift or a commentary on me as a person. He sent me a box with like 15 custom soaps, like uh, pine tar soap and basil ganglia scrub. The basal ganglia is a disease. I think that's probably, I don't think, I don't think he sent me a diseased scrub. Maybe he did. I don't know, but it's 15 all like different, like manly smelling fucking soaps with scrubbies in them. And God knows I want those, you know that. So, I mean, Dave Fogerson, I thank you so much over the top of the bunch of soaps. I'll never buy soap again, or at least not for the next few years. Our friend, Ann Zill sent me a, uh, a kitchen chopper Anzil from Ohio. And she also sent me a keto cookbook, which will be coming in handy in the, in the beginning of the new year. Yeah. Remember that attaboy, a uh, little Schmitty's attaboy fit brigade. Hey, the beginning of the new year, I've got plans to join up and start uh, posting in there every day. Just like I'm going to be streaming every day. I got a lot of shit to do every day. Look at me trying to keep myself busy. So I don't get distracted by the fact that my friend is gone, but I'll do it. Keto cookbook excited for the first recipe. And Ahmad is like, here, here's what Ahmad said. He's like, Hey man, you got to stream yourself eating dinner. I'm like, dude, nobody wants to watch me fucking eating dinner. He's, he goes, you would be absolutely stunned at the amount of people who want to watch you eat dinner. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's fucking true, but who knows? Maybe we'll do that in the future. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll stream me cooking some keto stuff. I don't know. Again, possibilities are endless with the Twitch channel, folks. Go ahead and be a follower or a subscriber right now, please. Uh, our friend Hugh from England sent me a joker, like a, how do I put it? It's almost like a beanbag, like a little stuffed Joker guy, which is fucking amazing. I can't wait to put him on the mantelpiece. Thank you so much, Hugh. Our friend, jo- our friend Dustin, he sent me a killing joke, Joker Funko. So uh, along with Hughes, Joker Funko, I mean, I just uh, really amazing stuff. So thank you, uh, Dustin sending me the Joker Funko, Hugh sending me the Joker Cube. Uh, and then the Larson family, our buddy Larry sent me a card and it was good to see his beautiful family. Johnny Freeman, father of Quinn. He sent me a card after seeing him in Ohio this summer. It was nice to hear from him again. Uh, our, our good friend, Colette, Marine Lindemann sent me some hot cocoa. And when I say some, I'm mispronouncing all the, because I mean, there's, there's gotta be a thousand envelopes of cocoa in the stuff that she sent me. It looks, and it's all different. It's like white cocoa chocolate and fucking hot, dark chocolate. I mean, it's just, it, you know what? And I'll, I'll put this to you. Are they, are they hot cocoa or are they porn film titles? You, you answer it for yourself. 
Uh, that's another poll, three polls. And then our friend Jason Kaufman stepped up. He sent me uh, a package of like of bees. They're, they're, they're these, they almost look like erasers, like pencil erasers, but they're fucking cool. It looks like a swarm of bees. He sent me a bunch of bees as well as another Joker Funko. I think he sent me suicide Joker Funko. So I got a bunch of Joker Funkos. I got all of these people sending me stuff. And, uh, and I will say this, I got something from somebody that I don't even know who it was. There was no name on the package, no name on it. Somebody sent me a, a signed, I shouldn't even say this. It's an eight by 10 of Heath Ledger in the Joker outfit, in the prison cell. You ever see that famous shot of him where he's, he's wearing the perfectly tailored clothes. They've searched him and found all the knives, the, no labels in the clothes. And he's just sitting there making that face in the prison cell. Someone sent me an eight by 10 of that autographed by Heath Ledger. I, with no note, I I've got, I have no idea who it was from. I thanked them on the live stream. I, 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 there's no way to tell. There's no return address. There's nothing on the envelope. Someone out there, one of you, made and sent me an eight by 10 of Heath Ledger's and it's purchased. It's authentic. It's, it's, it's from an autograph house. It's got a certificate of authenticity. I believe it came with it. And it's a, it's an eight by 10 of Heath Ledger and it's signed by Heath Ledger in the Joker outfit. It's, I can't wait to frame it. I'm so excited for that. Um, and you know, again, Funkos, Joker, Funkos, all sorts of things to put on my mantle, but I'll tell you what folks, everything was special. Everything was amazing. I don't know where it's all going to go yet. It's honestly still sitting where we put it when I opened them because we've been streaming and doing other things. We've been, we've been on a culinary tour of Los Angeles, so I haven't been able to unbox things, but I will soon. And once I do, I'll get a photo up of exactly where everybody lives, including a gift from our friends, Sal and Jill. Uh, you know, I talked about Funkos. I got Joker Funkos. I've got uh, Prince Funkos. I got a Roddy Piper Funko. So I've got all sorts of new guys to put on the mantle uh, and they're all special. But our friend Jill... Uh, handmade me uh, a Funko, a custom made handmade Funko from Jill and Sal. Uh, Jill made it herself and it is a Lil Schmitty Funko. Uh, it's incredible. I'm going to put a photo on the Joker's page. It is, it is red shirt. It is blue jeans. It is horns. It has the fucking haircut. Like uh, I don't have it right now because I'm growing my hair out because apparently I'm somebody's uncle, but I, I have you know, when I shave the head, the sides of my hair and in the back, and then I've got the, like the, the hair that goes back. I, they, she put the haircut on it. It's, it's a little Schmitty Funko with the perfect haircut. He's got the red shirt. He's got the blue jeans. He's got the horns. It is gorgeous. And I can't wait to put it on the Joker's page so you can all see it. So Jamie, Chuck, Cheryl, Joel, Drew, Lou, Liana, Mike and Tanya, fish sticks, Jenny and Matt, Philip, John, Dave, and Hugh, Dustin, uh, Larry and the family, John and Quinn, Jason, Colette, Sal and Jill, and then the mystery Heath Ledger sender. Uh, thank you so much for, for providing me content, certainly to make a Christmas stream, to sit and talk to you. That was fantastic. I had a Santa hat on. We had a fireplace rolling. Ahmad was on screen. We just had the best that time. I, and, and initially, when I thought of that idea, uh, I, I lied because I didn't think of that idea. My friend Chuck did. <laughs> Chuck, who gave me the Chromecast and the, and the WB Network and the Piper Funko, was like, you got to do a Christmas stream where you open gifts. And I went, dude, that's a fucking great idea. So then I advertised it on here and you guys, you leapt to it. You jumped in and you're like, yeah, man, let's fucking do it. And, and then you came and watched and I opened all your stuff on camera and I was proud and humbled and grateful and happy. And, and I thank you again all for participating. And the live stream exists right now. If you want to go and check it out on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, 
And I should tell you this, I've, I've still received other gifts in the mail. Like I, South Philly, Paul, I, I, he sent me something that's coming tomorrow and I've gotten some gifts here from Ruben, Ruben, Jesse Cohen. Uh, his stuff is sitting here waiting for me to open it. He wants to see me open it. So I don't know if I'm going to do a, 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 I can't do a live stream, but maybe I'll do a FaceTime. I don't know. I'll figure it out, but I haven't opened the boxes yet, but I want to do it for, because he wants to see me do it. So of course I want to do it that way. Um, but anybody who thought of me, you have no idea how, how special you made my Christmas. Uh, well, you do if you watch the live stream because you saw me being excited and shocked and grateful. And I, I thank everybody for stepping up and, and doing that. I thank everybody who's been joining me on the Twitch channel and watch me do Red Dead Redemption and uh, kill horses and sass wenches and drink drinks and shave my face and buy outfits and take baths. And uh, it's been amazing. So I, every day, three o'clock stream. I'll be putting it on the Joe business page eventually. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to talk about that in a second, but I, uh, and I want to say a special thanks here and it's, it's corny and wrong. And I'll say it to him again later before he leaves. But I want to say a special thanks to my friend Ahmad because he has come here. Uh, he made my December less lonely. He made my Christmas that much more special. And, uh, he has not only been a friend, he has been a helper. He has uh, helped me stream things. He has helped me, uh, you know, get, I always say, let's like, can we fix the spaghetti, which is all the fucking wires on my desk. I don't know where they go. He shows me where things get plugged. He he's, he's helped me set up everything and he's been uh, gracious enough to do it while I am so bored. I want to walk away and just put my face in a bag of chips and not learn. And, uh, and he's been a nice person to stop and slow down everything for me and make me take steps to understand. Cause I'm, I'm more of a tactile learner. I suppose. I think that's the phrase I just learned this week where I have to be hands-on and be shown stuff. And I think I'm getting the hang of some things and I'm excited and, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to all of it going forward. And I'm going to be very disappointed to put my friend on a plane on Friday. I wish he could stay. That would be fantastic. But, but I thank Ahmad for being here for three podcasts, being here for every stream and, uh, and just for being here period. Uh, you guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can find me at Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike four zero Y O B on both of those places, Instagram and Snapchat. And you can find me at PlayStation four. If you have a PlayStation and, and add me as a friend or a foe, whatever you would like to do. I'm also Mike four O Y O B on there. Subscribe to the Twitch channel. Follow us, please. We're having fun every day. Twitch.com slash oops. Twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Uh, you can become a follower. You can become a subscriber. We've got all sorts of levels of subscription. You can look, you can give money if you want. You can just come and hang out. There's no pressure at all. You can come and hang out and just watch me and have fun in the chat room. We talk. I try to interact with everybody as much as I can. I also try to let the story breathe a little bit because I know everybody wants me filling every fucking crevice with words. Uh, or maybe you do. We'll figure it out. But now, here's a cool ass thing. We're getting people who don't know about the podcast coming in and watching the Twitch stream. Here's the best thing that happened. I mean, look, all of you guys are great. Uh, you know, fucking Travis barbecue and JK, uh, flash and everybody. And I've had Michelle there and, and Tanya's come in. Everybody who comes in, Ruben, I, I, I know I'm missing your names and I don't mean to Jeremy. Everybody is super cool and joining us. And that's great. But, uh, some kid showed up the other day. Like I, I don't even, you know, again, I don't know anybody. I just see a name and he just types, Hey, you're funny. And, uh, and then you guys were great. Everybody in the chat room was like, he is funny. That's why we're here. And he also has a podcast. That's really funny. And this kid immediately subscribed to me and friended me. He's come back to watch a couple other streams since he became my friend. And, uh, he's a kid. I find out, I think he's 13. So I probably shouldn't be fucking talking about him on the air here. So I went up in jail. Um, but, but it was, but it was, I was neat to have somebody who doesn't know anything about me or the podcast, discover me via Twitch, just playing a stupid game and just go, Hey man, you're funny and wanting to hang out and asking questions. And, and, that's great. And more people, I, people I don't know are subscribing that I, I've never seen or heard. You know, we're up to, I mean, I was told it would take fucking two months 
to become an affiliate. It took me less than a week. I've got like 113 followers now, however many I've got. I've got people who are friends on there. People are coming to watch the stream. So man, come on, sign up. And it, it's free. You can just go to the site. It's not like a sign up where you got to do anything. If you go to twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, you can watch the streams for free. You can jump into the chat room if you want. All that stuff exists and I want you a part of it because you've been a part of it up to this fucking point. Why not take me onto the Twitch train? Let's do it. Let's be together. Let's stay together. You know why? Because you care and everybody cares. Uh, we have sponsors of this show. Uh, well, first, let me talk about this. Ryan Dirks does all of the web stuff for the show. He's fucking great. He's helped me understand how to put my streaming schedule up on my uh, website, which is going to be fun and exciting. I'm thrilled. Ryan Dirks, you can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and be his friend and tell him he's special and cool. And uh, we have sponsors of this show. Our friend, uh, Fearful Jesuit and the Paranoid Strain podcast. He is a, a, a sponsor and a friend and a pal. And, and I like him and I love him and I think he's the best of all time. That seems like a lot of aggressive things to say about a guy who's merely a sponsor of the show. But you know what? If you want me to love you, be a sponsor of the show. Why not? Uh, the Paranoid Strain podcast is available in the iTunes store. Right now, his Flat Earth episode is up and you can go ahead and check it out. Uh, and it contains, again, my favorite phrase in any podcast I've ever heard in my life, including my own. The phrase, in my video on menstrual blood. That's it. That's all you need to know. How do you not download it just on that? Just on those fucking six words alone. Um, that's available right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and leave a review in the iTunes store telling people that the show is great and mention that you found it through us because uh, it makes us look like hitters and it lets uh, our friend Jesuit know he's doing the right thing by sponsoring our show. Also, reach out to him via paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Send him a note. Maybe he'll read it on the air. Uh, and just go ahead and download all of his episodes. If you haven't heard all the stuff about sovereign citizens, you haven't heard the nine 11 episodes, uh, the flat earth people, the QAnon stuff. It's just, it's all there and you need to go ahead and download it and check it out because it helps you understand what's going on in our world today. And it helps you realize how it relates to stuff that's going on in the world before. So please check it out. Listen to our friend, fearful Jesuit and his friend Dana, as they bring you the truth through all of the clutter. Uh, he's a sponsor. And also you can go to Mike That's our website. Go to the Joe business page. We've got all sorts of stuff on there. Did you know that? Well, now you do. We've got stuff that's for sale, but we also have the Amazon link on there. That's kind of an important thing. If you go and check out the Amazon link, you can click through on that and do all of your shopping, whatever you got coming up. The new year's coming up. You got resolutions. You want to buy stuff for yourself. You want to buy gifts for your friends as resolution gifts. I don't know how you do that, but go and use our Amazon link on the Joe business page. Uh, we get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly for all of us. Every Everybody involved, you, me, them, everybody, everybody, everybody needs somebody. All right. So go ahead and do that at Amazon. Please use our link, buy stuff. We get a taste of the gig. They get money. We get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly for everybody involved. Who wants a cameo? Is it you? Download the cameo app to your phone. And you can hire me to say hi to you or your friends. You can hire me to tell your cousin he's full of shit or tell your mom that you love her and you like her stew, whatever you want to do. Whatever, whatever wasteful thing you want to drop $20 on and have me do, you can find me on the Cameo app. Download it to your phone. Find me. Hire me. I'm in the business of being hired, and I will go ahead and tell anybody anything you want, as long as it's not racist or sexist, you dope. Uh, but if it's something that's nice, like, hey, man, you're a jagoff, says Bob, I can do that. That's perfect. So find me on the Cameo app. Download it to your phone and search my name, and then hire me to do whatever it is you want me to do within reason. Uh, who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? I think it's you. If you want to drive for Lyft, use my code, all caps, 
M-I-K-E-720057. That's Mike720057. You can also use that as a first-time rider. If you want to be an Uber driver, use my code, all lowercase, D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E. That's D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E. And again, also what code you can use as a first-time rider for Uber for Lyft. You want to be a driver, you want to be a rider, whatever you can do, you can go ahead and use that. Uh, Remember, we have a Patreon page. If you're not a patron of the Patreon page, you could sign up and be the best. Uh, like I think, our, did I mention our friend David Watson is on there now going ahead and being a patron? I might have mentioned that last week, but uh, he has signed up to be a patron and I appreciate him so much. He's gotten me hotel rooms and other things in the past, but now he's a patron and that's the best. And I appreciate his help and I appreciate him jumping in. And you can do the same thing, patreon.com and look for my name uh, or, or the 40 year old boy. I think it's, you know, I think it's patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Uh, but you can just go to patreon.com and look for Mike or the 40 year old boy. And I'm going to come up and become a patron. I would appreciate it. And with all the Twitch stuff going forward, we might wind up doing just like some Patreon only streams. We'll, we'll figure it all out. All of this is dovetailing nicely into me trying to figure it all out. And that's why a mod cannot get on that plane. Uh, Patreon exists. Go ahead and do that. And also we got a YouTube channel. Uh, the YouTube channel is there right now, the 40-Year-Old Boy YouTube channel. Subscribe to that, please, because it lets YouTube know I'm a hitter. And I will tell you this, we've been putting highlights of the Twitch streams up. Right now, there are two up there. Uh, there's one where Mike and Bomb Pop meet a train. I had a horse named Bomb Pop. Had's the operative word in that sentence. Uh, and then there's also... Uh, uh, there, there's a mail call, I think is the other one we called it. I don't know. We called one... Huh? We, are, we have one called uh, uh, Trains Have Whistles for a Reason. And then we have one called, I have terrible news for you. So please go check out because they're, and those are short. Those are like five minutes. One's two minutes. So it's worth it to go check it out. And uh, if you want to share it with your friends, if you think it's funny, I'd love that because again, more views equals more money equals more switch uh, or Twitch streaming, streaming time equals more of me talking in circles and mispronouncing words. Don't you want that? I think we all do. Uh, you know, I'm going to buck 20 now. Do I really got to put that Christmas show at the end of this? I probably don't. I probably, you know what, but I do need, uh, you know what I'm going to do on the way out of here? You know, here's how I'll close this. Cause I should have taken a break in the middle uh, because I was going to play the Christmas show and give you the whole Christmas show from last year with a bunch of elves and all sorts of bullshit. But uh, last week I played the eighties Christmas uh, thing. I believe didn't I, or did I play the seventies? I'll, I'll, I, if I played, cause this is a tradition, man, we got to do this. Uh, I think I played the seventies. Uh, Christmas one last week and then there's the 80s one so I, either way we're ending the show here we're going to play the 80s clips and then we're going to play whatever Christmas song I want to play on the way out uh, and and I want to thank you again because again man it's still Christmas here at 40 year old boy headquarters thank you to everybody for uh, being in the live stream thank you for everybody to come to Twitch thank you to Ahmad for coming here and eating everything from every country in the goddamn land eventually he and I are just going to wind up in Japan again eating whale I just read this they, they, they someone's like if you're there in the winter they'll just feed you shit and they won't ask you so they said soft shell turtle and I'm like yeah I did that me and Ahmad had soft shell turtle he couldn't eat it and I ate his but then it said it would serve you fucking bear whale horse and i'm like dude i'm on board with all of this shit i don't even tell me just fucking slide me a plate of bear i'll eat it i'll be like this this tastes stringy and angry what could this possibly be is it me no it's a bear god damn it i'll choke that the fuck down also here's the thing i've heard um in japan they uh they've got five different kinds of fish sperm they'll serve you that's right it's uh they call it a different thing because they have a word for everything over there But but they it's fish sperm. So if you it's like a word corona or something. I don't know. If you see that, man, don't eat it. Because it means that they jerked off a fish and he jizzed all over the rice and now you're about to choke it down and every chef in fucking Japan is gonna point at you and laugh. Cause look, if you eat a bear, you can go, ha ha, fuck you, I just ate a massive grizzly. If you eat a horse, you're like, boom, I just choked down fucking secretariat, fool. But if you eat a bowl of fish sperm, 
I mean, all you are at that point is a goddamn fish cum guzzler. That's all, that's all you can exclaim yourself to be. There's no pride in that. Maybe it tastes good on the way down, but there's the shame later on when you got to look in a mirror and go, Jesus Christ, did I blow a trout last night? I may have sucked off a trout. That could have fucking happened. There's no way I didn't. There's no way I didn't fucking put a fish cock in my mouth. In this Records is proud to present a very 80s Christmas. All your holiday favorites performed by Cameo, Poison, and this classic by Soft Cell. Silent night, holy night, all is calm and all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Silent night. Sunglasses at night. 